Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I come to work with two hands every day and I'm trying to bless somebody. We better be in Florida. It better be sunny. And there better be some sort of fruity drink involved. With Matt Harmon. It seems like you know ball the way you talk, so. <laughs> Thank you. Someone clip that. You can get on a podcast. You can get online. You can argue with the clouds. You can argue with the, with the Russian bots. Don't care. It's Thursday, November 10th. That means it's time for... We all know, I'm not hiding it, the best show, my favorite show of the week, it's Stat Nerd Thursday, where we give you one thing you absolutely need to know, one stat that you've got to hear for all 32 NFL teams. I am joined, as always, on Thursday for this remarkable journey by my favorite fellow Stat Nerd. It is the great, the one, the only, Dalton Del Don. Dalton, how's it going, buddy? going pretty well i'm a little bummed california failed to pass the gambling act that's only politics i'll talk here but as a degenerate uh bummed that that happened but otherwise not too many complaints how about yourself harman yeah pretty good um you know i actually got rid of my my old car this morning i i had it uh oh. it's a bit uh, and weirdly emotional you you know i got a new truck because uh, we do the toyota thing shout out toyota um, so, I, and I love, I literally love this truck more than, uh, de- not more than my wife, but maybe one of the dogs and I won't name names. No, I mean, I, I love this truck, but, uh, finally got rid of my old, old, old 2008 Nissan Altima, watched it get on the, uh, to donate, get on the old, uh, the trailer today. And man, it was almost kind of like a little emotional experience. You know, I, I went cross country, moved here and went back and forth, uh, with, in that car. So we've seen a lot of good days. So a little bit of an emotional morning here, Dalton, but, um, yeah, I agree the, the, the the gambling act that was a disappointment but i kind of expected it to happen smoked meats or the new toyota <laughs> oh man that's tough yeah well i mean you should ask me like the big green egg or the or right. the or the yeah, tundra yeah. um yeah. that's tough uh you ask me after thanksgiving uh because i gotta throw a lot of stuff down on the big green egg for thanksgiving okay. and right, uh fair. yeah no yeah but man that's tough that's tough. You know what? Um, if we're doing top five things I love the most, <laughs> in, no, in no particular order, it's wife, dog one, dog two, tundra, big green egg. Oh, man, that's tough. All right. Well, we've got a serious show to get into. So enough, enough of power rankings on the things that, uh, that make my heart flutter the most. Let's dive right into this here, Dalton. And we start every week, seemingly, because they're the best team in the NFL. They have the best record in the NFL. If you're not familiar with the show, we go one to 32 and we skip the Thursday night teams, though, um, which, by the way, they're they're kind of towards the bottom here because we go 
best record to worst record uh, in, in in objective fairness here. You know, we're, we're, we're going to give priority to the teams that are good. The Eagles, always at the top of the show here. Our stat for the Eagles this week, in the last two games, Devontae Smith, 18% of the targets, just 5.1 air yards per target. For comparison there, A.J. Brown is at 15 air yards per target in the same span. So, Dalton, I think we knew that Devontae Smith would be volatile because, like, you know, A.J. Brown's the center of the universe there in that offense. Um, they obviously have Dallas Goddard, who's really good. They run the ball really well with Miles Sanders, and Jalen Hurst does his thing as well. I think we expected Smith to be volatile, but he's been below 30 yards in back-to-back games here, despite still having 18% of the targets. So I kind of just want to check in, like, what's the temperature check on Devontae Smith right now? And is he a guy that maybe, you know, it's great offense. Like, you want guys in good offenses on your team. You know, I had been con- surprised continuously fantasy pros. His ECR was like early 20s. Uh, and I'm like, this is a real volatile receiver with a lot of mouths to feed in Philadelphia. And I think he's just going to settle more in as a back end a wide receiver three in the, you know, the 30-ish range. He'll, he's just more volatile than, than all receivers are volatile, even the, the best ones. But with A.J. Brown and Goddard there, as you said, this is a, a Philadelphia team that hasn't trailed in the second half all season. So, yeah, it's this game script problem here for Smith, who's a great real-life player, just four red zone targets on the season. So, um, yeah, suddenly A.J. Brown gets injured and things could change quickly and he'd be like a top 10 fantasy receiver. So it is what it is now, just based on his situation. He's more of a wide receiver three for fantasy purposes. Yeah, I don't I wouldn't mind him being like a guy that, you know, kind of as we're getting closer to the fantasy trade deadline, like maybe he's not like you go out and acquire Devontae Smith just to acquire Devontae Smith. But like if he's a secondary piece in a trade that you want to make or something like that, like you're trying to get a bigger name and you're just like, oh, yeah, throw Devontae Smith in there because people probably are frustrated right now. They always get frustrated with receivers like this. Um, he's just a guy like I wouldn't mind having. Like I view him in the same way as I. I would like a Gabe Davis or a, or a Mike Williams when Mike Williams is healthy. Like they're going to give you big weeks. Um, they're just going to give you some dud weeks as well. So yeah, I, I think he's just a guy to not totally give up hope on, but maybe adjust expectations a little bit. Fair. Yeah. All right. Next one here. We've got Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota is a hard team to come up with, but um, I do think this is interesting because Scott has made the point on the recap show. I think for the last couple of weeks that Kirk Cousins is having like his worst season, but you know, uh, but despite the Vikings record and statistically, at least that is true. Kirk cousins, 4.3 touchdown rate and 6.6 adjusted yards per attempt are the lowest of his Vikings career, which I think is interesting. Cause we all, you know, the narrative this off season was that this offense is going to take a step forward. You know, um, the passing game is going to be more of a focus that hasn't really materialized necessarily, but the Vikings are really damn good. Justin Jefferson's been good in fantasy. Dalvin Cook's been good in fantasy. Like, for the most part, this is a good fantasy offense. It's just weird that Kirk Cousins, like, efficiency-wise, is not actually having the same type of season just from a production standpoint. It is weird and unexpected. And Hawkinson was immediately uh, helpful, too, for fantasy managers. Um, I'm with Scott here, though. I'm a YPA guy, and 6.6 is just not getting it done. I I, I have a Vikings and Eagles uh, tickets. Rest in peace, my Phillies, uh, 25K to win the World Series. Very frequently, I finish second in these uh, futures bets. And what could go wrong with two NFC teams uh, this year's football? Um, although sure. Josh Allen's uh, elbow. But uh, yeah, the, the Vikings have this great record. And uh, last year, they led I think every game but one by at least a touchdown. And they, and I thought they were going to get a big upgrade in coaching. But 
I guess the jury's still out on that, and the new coaching staff's going to take a while to to learn. And it's hard to argue with the results of uh, in the win loss record. So they might get a benefit this week facing a Bills team that the spread has dropped down to three and a half as we record this with Josh Allen's status uh, highly uh, questionable now. So they may even be, continue to win while uh, not playing uh, fantastic football. So it's been fine for fantasy, as you say, for Jefferson and Cook. I'd say one thing: Adam Thielen definitely gets a downgrade with Hawkinson going there in an yeah. offense this inefficient. That's one thing I'd say. And Dalvin Cook has been a disappointment. The targets haven't been there. Uh, some A couple weeks, he's just been saved by these touchdowns. A great catch last week. But he's really been a fantasy bit of a disappointment there. I mean, he's been fine, but he's been a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, no, that, that's pretty fair. Uh, and when you just look at like their offensive line, I'm just looking at like pro football focus grades, right? Like overall unit grades. Their pass blocking uh, is 24th in the league as a Run blocking unit, though, uh, they're fourth best in the NFL. Uh, just again, pro football focus grades for the run blocking, pass blocking, stuff like that. You know, there's a lot of metrics you can use to evaluate stuff like this. But I think their offensive line from a pass protection standpoint hasn't been perfect all year long. Um, but, yeah, I also think with the, the thing with Kirk Cousins is we know that how Kirk Cousins is like he's a little bit um, he's a little bit of a streaky player. And he has these kind of hot and cold stretches like I wouldn't be surprised, Dalton, if you know, he closes the season, November and December. It almost is like encouraging in a weird way that your quarterback is not playing his best ball. You know, he's capable of better and you're still, you still have this great record, right? Like, I think that actually could be kind of encouraging for Vikings fans. And after this Buffalo matchup, five of the next six games are at home and the road games in Detroit. So, and he's like, wait, yeah. he's way better cousins. He's, you know, like 6.1 YPA in the road now and he's way better indoors. So, they got yeah, any primetime games in there? They got doing... any Sunday night, Monday night games? Uh, yeah, against the uh, the Patriots, it looks like uh, November twenty fourth. Yeah, it looks like a Sunday nighter against the Pats. Um, but otherwise, right, well. no. But um, yeah, so the schedule should ease up, and and the Vikings are going to be at, at have a four and a half game lead or something in their own division. This point of the year, it's like the highest ever for them. So, uh, pretty uh, pretty crazy how far how fast the Packers have fallen. Yeah, it's wild, man. All right, you've mentioned the Josh Allen thing a couple times. The Bills are our next team up here. Uh, this is the stat for this one. Josh Allen's Week 9 adjusted yards per attempt was 3.38. That is just the third time he's dipped below 4.0 since 2020, obviously, which is when he sort of turned his career around. Both were last year. The Jags loss uh, was one of them. The other one was I totally forgot that there was like this weird snow game against the Atlanta Falcons last year where Josh Allen threw three interceptions, had like a 17 passer rating, but was still pretty good in fantasy because he ran 80 for 85 yards and two touchdowns. Like kind of a weird and Matt Ryan was sacked like five times or something in that game too. Very weird like snow game. So obviously rough performance last week as we're taping this, you know, Josh Allen didn't practice this morning. I think it, Right now, like our guy Edwin Porras, who I'm going to drop a stat from him later on in this in this one too. He he thinks that he's not going to play in this game. Like he would expect him to to probably not play. The team is sort of you know non-committal at this point either. Dalton, I have Josh Allen on all of my good fantasy teams. Like all like literally any fantasy team I have this year that's good, it's because Josh Allen is on this team. I am freaking I am freaking out about this Josh Allen elbow thing. Um, what do we do, man? What do we do? 
Yeah, it doesn't help my Gabe Davis bet either if we get Case Keenum for the next couple of weeks. I'm glad it's not a season. Oh, I wasn't supposedly looking good anyway, so. not a season ender, but I'm with Edwin here. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I can, hey, I need these excuses. I need excuses. <laughs> um, man, I thought it was maybe Brady becoming, you know, washed and retiring, but nope, Josh Allen in his prime suffers a, a UCL injury. But oh. I, I'm with Edwin for sure. It's, to me, he's not playing this week. The spread says it all. It's three and a half. That's what the spread would be with Keenum. I mean, it's dropped from, from opening at seven down to three and a half. Uh, it's clear to me that that Josh Allen is at a high risk. Uh, I would plan make make plans uh, otherwise for for my fantasy teams and DFS. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to grab Daniel Jones off waiver wires. Like if you have Josh Allen, that's like my my guy I'd like to get. You know, they they're going against the Texans. We'll talk about that later. Ooh, I on. like um, uh, Jacoby Brissett in this matchup. It's going to be and he's available everywhere. I, I like that yeah. one as a, as a widely filled. One thing I want to add real quick before we move on with Allen. Supposedly, I'm not sure if this is true, but I read that that was the longest pass in the NFL this season when he threw that Hail Mary after suffering this injury. I think I think that's right. I think I saw that as well. Um, yeah. What a beast. I mean, <laughs> what, I mean a, what a stud, dude. He's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I really hope, uh, you know, in nobody cares about my fantasy teams, obviously. Although I'll tell you what, man, in that in the one like dynasty league I talk about a lot, that that whole team is basically built on like having Chris McCaffrey, but also Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, and like the guys in that league, they smell blood in the water. Like I have a trade, I have like a ridiculous Case Keenum based trade offer in my inbox right now, and I'm like, man, I might have to, I might have to consider it, but I don't know. Uh, yeah. So, but I guess just longer, the like, bigger point here though is I'd almost rather see, I'd almost rather see Josh Allen like miss a couple of games, and you know, if it's just like based on he hasn't gone the full Tommy John thing yet like I'd rather see him rest and recover for a couple of weeks as opposed to like we lose Josh Allen for the rest of the season because he goes out there and aggravates it make it makes it worse something like that that would be a disaster so I despite all my stupid fantasy teams I'd, I think that's what I'd rather see happen even though getting the number one seed so huge these days and home field looks like Kansas City's a favorite now for that I agree with you just rest Allen here a few games and even maybe even through Thanksgiving against the Lions but um, it, to me it looks like unlikely that we'll get him in the short term here yeah, I think so. All right, next team up here, Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott had 34 yards and a touchdown last game against the Bears before the bye. That is just his second rushing touchdown since a three-touchdown eruption game on the ground against the Falcons in Week 2 of 2020. And it's just the second time he's gone over 30 yards between from over the last uh, three seasons, 2020 to 2022. Obviously, there's been some injuries there. But, you know, Dak's rushing uh, has sort of, er like, and especially rushing around the goal line, has kind of evaporated, despite that being, like, a big thing early on in his career. I am a little interested in whether we could see more of Dak running around, at least around the goal line. Like, I know he had one kind of like he tried to sneak it and then the bears just let him like kind of run off a little that obviously inflated the 34 yards but the running around the goal line would be nice because you know i know it's the lions and the bears dalton but his efficiency numbers from a passing standpoint yards per attempt just yards per attempt stuff like that touchdown rate looks really really good those those two games back obviously coming off the injury coming off the bye like i think there's a lot of upside in the dallas cowboys passing offense and we know they're like sniffing around Odell Beckham stuff like that we'll see that that by the way I got a lot of friends who are Cowboys fans that is all like on their radar is like Jerry setting up for peak disappointment you know talking about man he'd look real good with the star on his mm -hmm. helmet and then like Odell Beckham will be doing a, a conference with the Ravens or the Giants or whatever and then he's gonna be like oh yeah I never even heard from I never even heard from the Cowboys something like that just peak peak Jerry uh, over promising and under delivering but I don't know I think there's also some upside in the Dallas Cowboys passing game 
So Trey Lance's injury is often compared to the ankle one that Dak suffered. So it is, I personally like to see him start running more and, and implementing that back in his game, obviously different ages and whatnot. Um, I'll just push back for you this week because I'm considering Dak Prescott a part of my uh, bust column. Uh, the uh, the Packers, their opponent this week, have uh, the lowest neutral pass rate against them. That drops all the way to 38% in Lambeau Field. That's just by magnitude the lowest in the NFL. No QB has scored even 20 fantasy points against them this year, including Josh Allen. It's a run funnel defense, allowing just 181 passing yards. Uh, the over-under is one of the lowest of the of the week, sadly, with these two teams involved, like 43 points. So outdoors, Dak, um, I, I agree their offense can, will definitely be better than it has been in the second half of the year. Um, but this is Dak Prescott's first road game of the season, I think. And uh, it's a tough matchup, although the loss of Gary is massive. I've read people smarter than me say their whole defense is predicated on the one man rush there and it's just going to be you know a big big loss but uh i i still would would keep my expectations tempered here and and go with i don't know maybe uh, jacoby Brissett. i'm going to rank higher than dak prescott this week all right well that is interesting yeah let's let's talk about the running backs when we get to that the the packers section because i know that was the stat you brought to it and who wants to talk about the packers offense anyway so uh we'll we'll do that when we get to the, the packers section because that is pretty interesting there next one up here kansas city chiefs route percentage for the Chiefs pass catchers in week nine. Juju Smith-Schuster leads the team in 89% routes per dropback. Kelsey, second, 83%. MVS, 72%. Jarek McKinnon, 64%. McCole Hardman, 58%. This tight end, Noah Gray, 35%. Justin Watson, 26%. Sky Moore, 24%. Isaiah Pacheco, 18%. CEH, 13%. And Kadarius Toney, the apple of fantasy Twitter's eye, at 8%. Um... You know, Tony got some good praise from uh, Andy Reid for his blocking, his his routes and stuff like that in his debut. They got him like, I think, the, wasn't he the, the first touch of the, the game or the first pass of the game first went play, to Kadarius Tony? Yeah. And then, like, we didn't even see him for a long stretches of this game where Patrick Mahomes dropped back, like, was it 78 times? I think that's the most, the most in any game of ever, I, I'm pretty sure. So, the thing with with this is the reason I bring it up is because I think there's a couple of different takeaways here, Dalton, and you could tell me if I'm wrong about any of them. I think Juju has established himself as the clear number one receiver here, and like I think it's kind of an every week fantasy start, even if he doesn't have a super high ceiling. And number two, I just don't like McCole Hardman at 58. percent Tell me how like Kadarius Tony gets on the field more because. I don't think they want to totally take Sky Moore off the field. I don't think they want to take Justin Watson off the field because he kind of brings him something. And McCole Hardman is definitely playing way too well to get um, to get taken off the field. So an MVS like has a specific role too. So I don't know. That's kind of where I stand right now with these Chiefs receivers. I want to quickly say about the Titans last week, their performance. Andy Reid coming off a bye, and the Titans don't have a quarterback who can throw a forward pass, and Vrabel has them, you know, with a, a couple bad penalties, uh, one call away from winning that game. Just so impressed. I wanted to say, oh, Vrabel, Coach of the Year, until I realized there's about eight candidates that strongly lot, deserve yeah. it. I don't, yeah, I don't like usually care about Coach of the Year, but it's funny how tough of a vote that would be this this year. There's so many great candidates. Uh, as for your KC receivers, McCole Hardman, I think he's like the 23rd wideout in PPR leagues even, despite 34 targets this season, 
whatever it is, he's been valuable and he's done it in a really tough way that's sustainable. But I guess it helps playing on an offense, a Chiefs offense that's so good. And you can't use any of their running backs, which is just ironic in fantasy. But it's hard to I was going to say Juju has been outperforming his, you know, his opportunity, but he did get 12 targets last week. So it's hard to argue that's three straight productive fantasy weeks from him. He has emerged. And I'm with you. It's tough for to, to rely on any of these. Tony's going to get in the mix more. It's possible Hardman is dealing with some abdominal soreness now. So maybe MVS would come back. Uh, one, you, you mentioned the pass attempts by by Mahomes last week. If it wasn't the most, it was it was up there. And I believe MVS set a record for fewest targets per route run ever. Like ever, he ran the most routes. It was the quietest. So he um, uh, obviously zero would work, but the amount he ran, it was historically bad. It was one point something percent. So um, it, it obviously something to pay attention to is if this Hardman injury is serious. If not, it's just more of the same, which Hardman's going to be a boomer bust. Juju's really the only reliable guy there other than obviously Kelsey. Yeah, uh, McCall Hardman's wide receiver 28 and half point PPR, man. Like he's in just a, in, in God's game, Yahoo standard. Uh, so yeah, man, it's like, Pretty crazy, pretty crazy how I think McCole Hardman's always kind of gotten a little bit too much crap. Uh, and trust me, I'm not out here to be like a McCole Hardman bro or anything like that. Like I'm not a, I'm not some kind of crazy McCole Hardman stan. But super young prospect, right? Super young, very young. Yeah. Transition to wide receiver late. He also, um, like he's. I don't think he's been a bad player. I think he's just been an average player um, who was drafted as like Tyreek Hill insurance, basically when, when there was some off the field stuff going on with him. And I think he just not, he's not like a real wide receiver, but I don't really think Kadarius Tony's like a real wide receiver. And that's why I kind of think like he might be like Kadarius Tony might be the insurance policy for, for McCall Hardman. If he leaves in free agency. And like, I think there's a lot, just a lot of redundancy there. And McCall Hardman's not playing poorly enough to get taken off the field really. And that's kind of the key, I think for, for the guys like Sky Moore and, and Kadarius Tony as well. 1.8 targets, target per route run. <laughs> for for MVS in this game. Unbelievable. I mean, yeah, that has that has to be like an all-time record. Has to be. Yeah, yeah I mean, Sky Moore was the draft pick that's not going to look good in hindsight, obviously. I mean, he was going well ahead of all oh, these yeah. guys other than than Smith Schuster and man. It's been uh, yeah. yeah, it doesn't look like there's any I'm a I'm a Sky Moore fan, but that never made sense to me like in redraft. In in any of my rankings, he was like there were there were times like on some of the best ball sicko sites where he was going in like the eighth or ninth round. Yes. It's like I, I like Sky more, but that was that was absurd then, and it looks way worse now. Looks way worse now. Almost um, as bad as right. Tolbert. Almost <laughs> as bad as Tolbert. <laughs> Tolbert can't even get on the field, dude. Yeah, That's no. pretty rough. <laughs> well, then then same one, same like on some of these best ball sites, he got up to like the oh, eighth I ninth know. round. That's why I said it. I know. Yeah, <laughs> believe. Yeah, I know. Uh, I have probably actually honestly, I might have been guilty on one Tolbert, but not not Sky Moore. But yeah, boy, that one is yeah. not aged well. I mean, Tolbert's like healthy and he can't get on the. Yeah, that's uh, that that one is really bad. Yeah, that one's real. That might that might be like a bad just like period. I mean, at least no. like Sky Moore's getting on the field. You <laughs> sure, know? Sure, sure. I don't some know. upside in the future. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, right. Oh my god, what a mess. All right, next one up here, Giants. I'm pretty much gonna run back the um the same stat I gave for them because they they were on a buy and like I don't the Giants are so weird because they're so good, but I don't really know what to talk about. Um, Giants over the last uh th- their previous three games. Darius Slayton, Wandale Robinson, identical target percentage of 17.6%. Perfectly personified is, is their air yards. There is their usage there. 33.6% of the air yards to Darius Slayton. Wandale Robinson, 12%. I think Wandale is very Rondale-esque in the way he's going to probably succeed in the NFL. Although, I don't know. Wandale's like 
a really good contested catch receiver. Like he's made some. Cra- I've just gone back and like charted all his routes and stuff. He makes some crazy catches. I I, th- I do think he's a pretty interesting player. Like I actually think if if you were giving me straight up like who I like better, I like Wando Robinson better than Rondale Moore. But hmm. I don't know. Just kind of beside the point. Uh, Kenny Galladay is going to start playing though. I guess Dalton. So uh, any interest in any of these three receivers? Not so much this week. Home matchup. Uh, our, our guy Davis Mills struggles on the road, coming off a bye. Uh, the last three. Oh, 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 it's cool with the our guy stuff. That's your guy. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've 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 faded on that a little bit there, just a little <laughs> bit. Uh, uh, the last three lead backs against the Texans. Jacobs went for 143 rushing yards, three touchdowns. Henry 219 yards, two touchdowns. Sanders had a good game too. So just this is Saquon Barkley week. But um, yeah, interesting to note. I've always been a Darius Slayton fan. Just don't know if the volume will be there moving forward. Certainly. Like again this weekend, Robinson. It looks like it's all all underneath stuff. I mean, A dot's going to be real tiny with him. Yeah, A dot definitely going to be real tiny um, for him. But man, uh, like I said, he can he can run post routes. He can win down the field a little bit. I I don't. I'm and I, I was kind of had my questions about um, about Wondell Robinson as a as a player, like and and where he could be used. But I do think like there's a little a little bit more meat on the bone from a skill set perspective. Whether they actually kind of let him do some of that stuff we'll see but yeah overall look it is just he's going to be one of those type of players i do think um rondale moore is a perfect sort of comparison like a, a better version of rondale moore a little bit more versatile version of rondale moore is kind of the comparison for wandale robinson all right next one up here baltimore ravens lamar jackson ranks 20th in epa per dropback since week six nice game for the ravens uh on monday night but man, it's just <laughs> their receiver room right now is such a mess. Uh, this offense is very, they're going to sort of almost get into, I, I don't want to say this, but they're almost sort of going to kind of get into Giants territory where like messy receiver depth chart. Like I was going back and forth with somebody yesterday, like who has a, who needs Odell Beckham more, the Ravens or the, or the Giants. And I kind of think it's the Ravens, like, cause at least Darius Slayton, Wandell Robinson, like that's interesting. There's nothing interesting really beyond Devin DuVernay on the Ravens depth chart, especially if this Mark Andrews injury is worse than they're letting on. And I'm a little concerned that like it might be worse than they're letting on because Rashad Bateman was clearly worse than they let on. And like Mark Andrews just hasn't been able to get out there. So I I don't know. I'm a little concerned about this Ravens passing game right now for obvious reasons. Yeah. Hollywood Brown, Bateman and Andrews all out would be a problem. And their top two running backs, just like last year uh, to Marcus Robinson was like doubtful and they just had to get him out in the field Monday night. Prochet, it's it is the thinnest in the league, arguably. Uh, I thought likely would see more targets. He had this the one catch. I I made posited uh, Justin Fields versus Lamar Jackson to you last week. I would now officially prefer Fields uh, over Jackson moving forward in in fantasy terms for the rest of this season, and it's no fault of uh, Jackson. I mean, that's just that's a really bad supporting cast, and it's a really really bad one if Andrews doesn't get back on the field soon. I mean, they had Deshaun Jackson out there yeah, playing, and of course, pop pulled a hammy. Yeah, pulls a hammy. <laughs> of course, man. Uh, yeah, it's it's a rough situation there. And even again, I I think that's the team I want to see Odo Beckham sign with. But even if they go out there and they get Beckham, like it's, I don't think it's going to be in time for the regular season and to help you in fantasy. It'll be that, that defense. Though suddenly they've made they've added some pieces, good, yeah. and the defense looks really really good. I don't know. Uh, just side note, I don't know if John Harbaugh is going to survive this season, man. Like. What a what a stressful year for for this guy. Like with all this late game stuff, you know, Marcus Peters yapping at him again on 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 Monday night against the Saints. But that was like a convi- a convincing win. And New Orleans, I obviously has flaws, but it was a very convincing win uh, for the 
Baltimore Ravens here. Peter, All right. Peter should be yapping at someone. That was ridiculous. The safety did not push out Jawan Johnson. That was, I mean, what I was going on there? I mean, that was the most free, uh, whatever. I'm not bitter. Go ahead. I made, I made the joke that, um, when we were recapping the Treviso Babes League with Andy, uh, and Lord Podcast put it out, you know, my mom's fantasy league. And I was like, oh, Tammy, who is going to, she, she needs 50 points from Jawan Johnson to win on Monday Night Football or whatever. And <laughs> he started running down the field. I was like, hey, maybe she'll get like, to get 10% of the way there. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, let's move on here. Miami Dolphins, the running backs in the first week of Jeff Wilson, the aforementioned Jeff Wilson, 27 snaps, 13 routes, 22% rushing success rate. Raheem Mostert, 24 snaps, 13 routes, one goal line carry, 33% rushing success rate. Pretty tough to tell these guys apart. Dalton, is this just going to be a straight committee, which I think would be the worst case scenario? It looks like it is. But I, I told fantasy managers to sit Wilson right away. I was wrong. I snapped him, out-touched uh, Mostert. Uh, this week at home against the Browns defense, allowing the most EPA per rush, I could see using either in a flex, actually, both, um, I should say. But yeah, it's not. It, it limits both upside moving forward. Of course, Mostert, one of the more injury-prone players in the league, so that could change quickly. But Wilson has gone from waiver wire fodder to one of the most valuable backups, if not now flex option in that offense. So um, it works perfectly knowing McDaniel's offense. Um, yeah, I didn't see it. I did not see that happening so immediately. Yeah, it's just just plopped right in there. Knows the system, all that stuff. So yeah, I think I think these guys will both be on the flex radar. Um, where I thought Raheem Mostert might be like a high two prior to the Jeff Wilson trade, yeah, exactly. but I think you can so. still get away with starting Raheem Mostert, but um, just much less valuable than he was before. Next one up here, New York Jets. This one caught my attention. A uh, shout out to one of the bros in, in my Discord. Uh, sent this tweet to me uh, about a Robert Sala press uh, little response to a Josina Anderson. Uh, question in a in a presser there about Elijah Moore. We're trying to find uh, him more opportunities in the slot. I think he had 27 plays uh, against the Bills. Elijah's a great football player, and he's going to be the big reason why we win here for a long time. It's a new position because we've been playing him outside for the most part. We are trying to find ways to utilize all of his strengths and all that stuff. Sala went on to say like they're trying to craft a role specifically for Elijah Moore. This makes sense. In weeks one through six, Elijah Moore was a 20% slot player. Garrett Wilson was 57%. But Dalton, Garrett Wilson's been so outright dominant. I mean, and I mean it. He's been dominant as a separator on the outside the last few weeks. I I think this change makes sense because Elijah Moore, like, can win outside. You know, like, his reception perception data was good as a rookie uh, from an outside receiver standpoint. Um, And he was playing pure X receiver to start this year. But... He's still like 5'9". You know, he's still a small player. And I think that the you can be getting open, but the 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 throws are still low percentage because of the types of routes he's running and his size and an already not like great placement quarterback in both Joe Flacco and Zach Wilson. So I, I'm a little bit trying to stretch myself into feeling good about Elijah Moore coming out of the bye for the Jets. But and I, look, I don't you don't need to like start him in fantasy, any of that stuff. But I'm trying to find some silver linings here that not only is this is good news, I think that he's moving into the slot where he crushed it in college, but also that the coaching staff is still like saying positive things about him, I think is a good thing. Yeah, I agree. You can drop Braxton Berrios from your fantasy leagues. And in all seriousness, this does prevent me from dropping Elijah Moore a little bit. Let's see what he, you know, what happens in his, uh, in his new role. So more of a stash now before I was like, go ahead and drop him everywhere. 
Oh, man, what a, what a defense the Jets have right now. The rest of the roster just looks so legit. I mean, Brees Hall and a couple left tackles injured as well. Um, if they can get Elijah Moore, it would be, yeah, that would be very important. And obviously, uh, Zach Wilson and the whole quarterback situation, that's a whole other story. Imagine if they had Justin Fields with the rest of that roster right now. Oh, but man. but um, but yeah, yeah, Elijah Moore moving to the slot. And I agree with you, Garrett Wilson just proved to be the clear alpha in that situation. And I got it wrong in my in my drafts. I mean, yeah, Will Wilson's a guy. You can't you can't move him outside with how good he's been. I don't have I was too hyper focused on Elijah Moore. And I loved Garrett Wilson as a prospect, but yeah, I don't have like any garrett wilson teams unless i was able to snag him off waivers T- it's tough because he's a great player and i i you know I, the player evaluation was all there it's just like i think only one receiver is going to be supported in this new york jets offense and i thought based on the offseason narratives and and the way more played it was a second year it would be elijah Moore, but it has it has only been one receiver and it's been garrett wilson so i mean if I, hey, if i'm a jets fan like i'm feeling good that the only kind of question around the team right now beyond zach wilson is like can we get this second year receiver back on track and it sounds like I think he'll get back on track. This won't be like a long-term issue. Um, you know, I think they'll probably send Denzel Mims back to the bench when uh, Corey Davis is healthy. So we'll keep it moving there for the New York Jets. I hope, I just hope we see some good things with Elijah Moore out of the bye. He's just simply too good to to like waste away on the bench. Uh, so they'll get that figured out. And again, for young players out there, maybe don't maybe don't like pop off and request a trade in the middle of a winning season. You know, when you're not like a superstar player, maybe don't do that. Maybe don't do that. Uh, Seattle Seahawks. You sent this one in from uh, John Legaza here. Seattle Seahawks defense the last four weeks. Fifth best in points per game. First in yards per game allowed. First in yards per play allowed. Third in EPA per snap. Uh, seventh in opposing passer rating. Sixth in uh, EPA per drop back. The Seahawks at plus... John, in his tweet that you sent in, the Seahawks at plus... 1400 to win the NFC is an insult. And I agree. The Seahawks are so good right now. And this defense is like fully in form for, yeah. Forget the DVOA stats last week. We talked about how about yards per play first against, I mean, that's pretty good for the last month. They played more road games than, than at home this season. So what a turnaround, what a draft class. Uh, Pete Carroll, uh, Pete Carroll also came out recently and said there was resistance before when it came to oh, Geno yeah. Smith wearing a wristband. So another shot at uh, Russell Wilson there. So I am just really surprised that uh, in the NFC West, uh, the the Seahawks this year are so much better than the Rams and Cardinals. I mean, it is just few saw that coming. Um, and obviously, K nine is uh, going to be a first round fantasy pick next next year. Kenneth Walker just is such a beast too. So yeah, the defense is the real uh, deal. Uh, offensive rookie of the year, Kenneth Walker too. Yep, I love Pierce, but uh, but Walker is the favorite now, and that defense helps with game script too. So yeah, it's a, it's a. I mean, I underrated it last week, hyping uh, DeAndre Hopkins. You know, so I've said ranked him high, said to use him in DFS. Now he nearly caught a second touchdown at the end of that game if Robbie Anderson doesn't do a false start, and that would have been fine. But the outside receivers, the Seahawks allowed the fewest fantasy points, and just watching that that rookie uh, was it Tariq Woolen? Was that his name? Mm-hmm. He he was just Ding up on on him on D Hop. So great draft yeah. class and. and and this Seahawks defense is legit, and it's a great example of how you need to reevaluate. You know, things change from the first month in the season versus now. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Geno Smith, like I retweeted this uh, piece from Derek Klassen, who does great work on quarterbacks uh, from Football Outsiders, and his point in the piece, and I totally agree with it. Watching these guys on film. Uh, the Seahawks offense isn't gimmicky. It's not fluky. They're not like doing any weird stuff. They're just playing like 
Like Shane Waldron's just calling a, a Shanahan offense, and and Geno is crushing it. You know, like a Rams offshoot. That's where. She, like, the, hey, and again, you you brought up the 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 Pete Carroll the wristband point. I feel like this entire season is just this like Seahawks season is just subtweeting Russell Wilson. Like every every everything they say is like kind of coming out like that, and. This is why, like, the offense that they're running right now is why I was excited when they hired Shane Waldron. I'm like, yeah, Russ should be able to run an offense like this, and it should be the best of both worlds. And, I mean, we saw how that went last year. We see how that's going in Denver. It's not going well. Um, Gino, uh, Derek made the point uh, in a follow-up tweet that he said, I don't think I wrote this in the piece, but Gino Smith is playing at least as well as Ryan Tannehill did when he played himself into a contract out of nowhere. That's the starting point in terms of, like, bringing Gino back. So, like, shout-out to Gino, man. He, he does... I think Seattle's got to like retain him at this point because he's been so good, like legitimately really good. He's like the fourth favorite to win the MVP right now, maybe higher if Allen goes down. Uh, it's crazy. And all the, the if you look at the, the, the nerd stats, his throws, he's been good everywhere on the field, under pressure, outside of pressure, nothing fluky about it. He just suddenly became a much better player. And it's, it's, it's great to hurt Adam Levitan pushing for comeback player of the year. I don't know what he's coming back from, but I, it's, it's, it's being a, you know, a bad football player into a, into a great one. I mean, so I, I, could, I could see it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a crazy turnaround that I'd, I thought Drew Locke was going to be starting for Seattle. And I just dismissed the Geno talk all summer. And I couldn't have been more wrong. I mean, it's wild. Yeah, it really is wild. It's kind of wild, like in hindsight, that he never got like a second chance out of, the, you know, which there's a whole commentary there uh, that we could, we could go into. But we will not. We'll take a break here before we get to the rest of the stats here heading into week 10. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. All right, Chargers here. Justin Herbert ranks 29th. 29th, Dalton, in yards per attempt since week six. The only dudes who are lower, Matt Ryan, Kenny Pickett, Mac Jones, Brett Rippon. It's, like, depressing watching the the the... It's de- it's just depressing watching the Chargers passing offense right now because, you know, Herbert is throwing a... Josh Palmer and a bunch of goofballs and, and, you know, Austin Eckler obviously catching passes out of the backfield. Eckler said it on on this very show himself. Like, I don't want to be catching all these passes. Like, we need wide receivers catching these passes because they'll be further downfield. But that's where we're at right now with Herbert, 5.4 yards per attempt. Like, who knows when Keenan Allen's coming back? He's played since damn week one. Uh, Who knows when Mike Williams will be back? It's just a mess right now in the Chargers uh, offense. Yeah, and games played in Santa Clara, like it will be Sunday night, an NFL high 70% pass rate. It's just three home games for the Niners, but it just shows, you know, teams do not even bother trying to run against a defense that should be healthier, not at full strength, but coming off a bye. Um, so it might be a lot of Herbert dump-offs or, you know, your guy Palmer. Um, <laughs> actually, was okay last week. Yeah, was, but yeah, we, yeah I, if you haven't get it, my, every time I say your guy, it's literally the opposite of, of, of your guy. But <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'll be there. This game should be a fun one. And it should be a lot of pass attempts from Herbert. But the YPA, you know, he wasn't a superstar in that stat last year or really throughout his career. You know, yeah. it has not been been there, but he's been able to get the touchdowns regardless. 
but that is noteworthy. Yeah, I saw another stat since week five, only Mac Jones is worse than YPA. So it's, yeah, that's that's not great. And it's Jeez. certainly odd, all his fault with all the injuries. That That's for sure. But that's the key. When are these guys going to get back on the field? Yeah, uh, he was 7.3 yards per attempt as a rookie, 7.5 uh, as a second-year player, 6.4 this year in terms of just yards per attempt on the season. I think, obviously, it's a lot of the injury stuff, but you know, I got, got a lot of problems with that offense and how it's designed. Poor pass protection, too. A lot of stuff going wrong there. So um, we'll see what happens against your 49ers. We'll talk about them in just he- a moment here. Tennessee, since week seven, saw uh, Laquan Jones. Shout out to him. NFL Research tweet this out. Derrick Henry has scored 100% of the Titans' touchdowns since week seven. Not surprising if you've watched them play. This is an interesting way to lead into a conversation, though. We got news this morning. The Titans have designated rookie wide receiver Traylon Burks to return off of injured reserve. He can begin practicing now, and it opens up his 21-day window to be activated. Um, Any interest in Burks' rest of season? Uh, Because, man, those Titans wide receivers cannot, cannot make a play right now. Sure. If you're in a deeper league, yes, because as you said, there's no one else there. Maybe Tannehill gets healthy. So, yeah, absolutely. He's worth stashing in competitive leagues. Man, Derrick Henry, even though the opponent knows it's coming, he just continues to stuff it down their throats. Although it's frustrating, he only got one touch, I believe, out of the final after two and a half minutes were left in the fourth quarter last week in that yeah. overtime game. Um, but obviously that comes with the territory of being a running back. But what a beast, man. I really... Um, I thought there was a chance with the with the screws in his foot and his age, he'd show some some sort of uh, fading away this year. But he's been anything but. Just continues to carry the team on his back, and he's averaging like 30 touches a game or something last month. He's on on pace to to I think break the record in, in carries. But um, let's hope he continues to do so. <laughs> yeah, it's just absurd, man. All right, next one up here: Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals have the ninth hardest remaining strength of schedule, just based on opponent records. I think this leads into an interesting co- a conversation about Joe Mixon, who you know, averaging 21 touches per game, uh, you know, obviously was coming off a monster fantasy performance. What's sort of the outlook on the Bengals offense moving forward? Difficult schedule coming up here. And like we've seen kind of multiple identities, multiple iterations of this offense. Like what we saw last week was, you know, a little more under center than during the Jamar Chase explosion there for a little bit. Uh, that led to a big Joe Mixon game. Obviously, game script led to a big Joe Mixon game turnovers from the opposing quarterback, P.J. Walker, stuff like that. But I don't know where are we at with uh, Mixon and all these other guys going forward. Yeah, I don't have much of a take here. Just curious when, you know, how how long is Chase going to be out? I expected bigger games from Higgins without him, but obviously Mixon did all his damage, scored 45 fantasy points in the first half last week. But um, yeah, hopefully you had him in your DFS lineups um, last week. W- what a game. That was just an epic performance. Reminded me of Clinton Portis back in the day. Mm. Um, yeah, just ni- nice, nice game from him. But I don't know. What, I'm curious your thoughts. What are your thoughts moving forward? This, this, this offense has been so different. It was shotgun heavy for two weeks, and now obviously they need to change based on the personnel change. I think it's a good sign that Zach Taylor has made that change because I've given Zach Taylor some crap before about being too slow to adjust, especially this year when like you knew you were going to get defended with too high safety, stuff like that. So I think it's a good sign there. I think that's good uh, just generally for all of these dudes that Taylor has shown the ability to adjust. I, I just think that like Mixon has too good of a role to to fail the rest of the season. You know, I mean, he obviously has been a little bit disappointing, like not killing your team, but a little bit disappointing over on the course of the season. But, you know, he's clearly has this eruption game uh i think he's a guy that like i wouldn't be trying to sell joe mixon high or something like that like he's never gonna have a big game this was the one time like i think these games will come and then in the passing game yeah it's been a little disappointing for t higgins and these guys but they just got thrown so far off script against the browns on uh, halloween there and then you know this one is just 
they could just barrel over the Panthers, right? So I kind of think we'll see more normal games for Higgins and these guys going forward. So I feel pretty good about everybody right now. Mixon's seen a ton of targets, the most ever in his career, and no chase helps him fantasy-wise. I, I Yeah, I'm not looking to sell off that big game either. All right, next one up here, New England Patriots. I, I read the stat off yesterday, and I kind of I messed it up, actually. I said I think I said 20-plus catches, but three running backs have 20-plus targets since Week 7. Alvin Kamara, our own Austin Eckler, and Ramondre Stevenson, baby, uh, the official passing down back of the New England Patriots. The Patriots have the second-hardest remaining strength of schedule in terms of opposing records. And this offense just, I mean, other than Ramondre and, like, I, I like Jacoby Myers, but, uh, you know, the ceiling's not super, super high there. Like, it's those two dudes, and and that's it. And Mac Jones has played, like, I mean, sneakily, actually, over the back half of last year, and then this year has played pretty poorly. Yeah, apparently, the, yeah, lowest YPA since week five. Last week, they sneakily had to play without two tackles and their center. So I wasn't, like, shocked that Stevenson struggled at times finding running room against the Colts defense that was apparently calling out their plays. Belichick has even admitted as much. Um, and J.J. Taylor saw the field a little bit more than expected. But Stevenson's a beast. Back-to-back one-handed catches. Uh, this one for the touchdown last yeah, week. Yeah. Uh, he's so, so good. So, I mean, you're rolling with Stevenson. But Damian Harris, uh, maybe he had COVID because the illness caused him to miss the whole game. But we'll see his status. But either way, I think it's Stevenson's going to be the main back, a guy you're starting every week in fantasy, you know, ranking in your top 20, top 15 based on matchup. And if there's no Harris, you know, like last week, I could see people treating him as a top five back because he does have that upside. But man, it'd help if this passing offense resembled something functional. Yes, uh, it really would help. But I think we're in a pretty good spot with Ramondre. And that's all that really matters at this point from the Patriots offense. All right, 49ers here. Dalton, set the timer at five minutes. You actually already talked about the stat that you had uh, to bring to the table for them. Oh, yeah. 70, uh, so the 70% pass rate against them at home, that just jumped out to me. I was randomly just going through stats that came out uh, pretty wild. A couple other stats. The Chargers have just given up a ton of rushing yards on the ground lately. Uh, yards allowed per rush that's last in the NFL, 5.71. Niners uh, are the first in the yards allowed per rush. So you can see a lot of passes from Herbert and a lot of runs from the Niners, it seems like. Yeah, what else? Uh, do you know the longest active streak of consecutive games with an 80-plus passer rating? Number three, Joe Burrow. Number two, Geno Smith with 12. Number one, Jimmy Garoppolo with 17 straight games with an 80-plus pass rating. Leads the NFL by a wide margin there. So, uh, yeah, I don't got much. Niners coming off a bye. Like I said, I'll be there for Sunday night football. Looking forward to it. Um, I'm very curious the health of, uh, of both teams. But these are the two most snake-bitten teams, actually, arguably, in the league with health-wise. Yeah. So curious who suits up for this. Yeah, for sure. A lot of injury questions, stuff like that. Uh, and, you know... That Jimmy Garoppolo pass rating stat, that's a good one. That's like, that's Jimmy, right? I mean, that is just, that that is perfectly Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, oh, at 85, 85 passer rating. Yeah, that's, that's it'll get the job done. You know, it's not <laughs> great. It definitely shows that he's going to make a mistake here or there, whatever. But, you know, whatever, it'll, it'll get the job done. Really fascinating just to see how, like, Jimmy's getting some pop as like a streamer this week, you know, um, because... The Chargers defense, 17th in rushing success rate allowed. We know they just get crushed on the on the ground, but they're 21st, too, in passing success rate allowed. This defense is one of the most I, – I think based on the amount of money poured into it, the fact that Brandon Staley is a defensive head coach, like he was hired because he coordinated this great defense with Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald that everybody's trying to copy across the league. And this defense – I mean, I know J.C. Jackson's hurt, but he wasn't playing well to begin with. Like this defense stinks. 
Yep, Niners the third highest implied team total this week, so it makes sense some Jimmy love, uh, especially in a week like this. Um, my question to you, McCaffrey or Barkley at home against Texans as your number one fantasy back this week? Uh, McCaffrey. I feel yeah, right. his usage has been pretty good so far. So yeah, I like the matchup too. So that's why I have it. I have two, but I like Barkley's matchup too. Too bad McCaffrey's not in the main DFS slate for this one because uh, this one could be fun and, and high scoring game. Man, Eckler just catches. What a wild game. I know you guys went over it in the podcast with him, but what a wild turn of events he was involved in last week. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, we, we definitely went in on that. Um, just last thing here before we move on. Two two and a half minutes left on the timer. What's your expectation for Debo Samuel's role in like the first game with uh, Christian McCaffrey kind of fully integrated? Because I mean, I think he's still the guy that I'm most concerned about with McCaffrey on board. Yeah, I still ran to rank him as a top 20 wideout if he's out there. But yeah, with Ayuk, Kittle both healthy. It's so rare to have all these guys healthy at the same time. And now you throw in CMC in an offense that runs the ball a lot and Samuel's not getting those carries. So yeah, expectations need to be tempered especially coming off a hamstring injury but hopefully the bye got him healthy you're still starting him but absolutely with the new roster as is especially when fully healthy samuel's fantasy expectations have to be lowered we're still on debo over Ayuk rest of season or 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 can we flip that oh it's super close now yeah super close i wouldn't argue either way i i think it's 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 a real argument very they should be ranked similarly yeah, just in terms of uh, obviously receiving stats, we know Debo does some stuff on the ground. 483 uh, yards through the air, 55 targets, 54 targets, 387 yards for Debo Samuel through the air, four touchdowns to two uh, in favor of Brandon Ayuk. 9.4 air yards per target, uh, 5.04 air yards per target for Debo. Of course, I know he missed the game, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, Brandon Ayuk rocks, man. Ayuk was among the league leaders in targets at the goal line as a rookie, and he has six targets in the red zone the last three weeks. I mean, he gets looked at more more in the scoring area than than Debo and way more than Kittle. I mean, it's it's makes sense. He's wing, same wingspan as Calvin Johnson. So even for fantasy, I really think there's 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 upside. I mean, there's an argument. Yes, over Debo, with, especially given the new the new situation with McCaffrey there in the backfield. All right. A cool thirty six seconds left on the clock there. Good job, Dalton. I, I, I encouraged a lot of that, too. So uh, I'm, I'm just trying to get the timer to go off once on the show. All right. Uh, Atlanta Falcons, next one up. We'll get to them when we preview Thursday Night Football. Tampa Bay Buccaneers here. Week nine running backs for Tampa Bay. Leonard Fournette, 52 snaps, 34 routes. Rashad White, 29 snaps, 17 routes. Three snaps for Keyshawn Vaughn as well. Uh, Leonard Fournette in terms of combined carries and targets, 16 combined carries targets for Rashad White, 11. Lenny even was a guest pissed off after the game that he's, his work is getting cut. Um, do we expect this work to continue to get cut for Leonard Fournette? We see more of Rashad White, um, or is this just a blip on the radar? I do expect more of the same. There was a report out there saying that it might be a total switch. I'm not, not ready to go there. And maybe the squeaky wheel gets the grease with Fournette, the veteran there. It's possible. But I, I mean, first of all, the Bucks rank dead last in EPA per rush this season. I mean, they yeah, just can't really get it done no matter who's back there. So for fantasy terms, I would look elsewhere, especially uh, this week against the Seattle defense that we've talked about that's playing the best in football, you know, a matchup in Germany. I know they have to they travel less than Seattle has to, but I uh, surprised that of, of that spread. The Seahawks have been so much better this year i don't expect the pucks to suddenly start running it down their throats either so i think it's a problem for fantasy managers with fournette and white is a guy who absolutely could emerge and take over down the stretch rashad white is still just 38 percent rostered in yahoo league so keep an eye on that if he's out there on your waiver wire all right yeah, especially because even if a team that can't run brady will just dump it off a lot so say like they fade away fournette white yeah. could still emerge even if they can't run so i would absolutely be stashing him in every competitive league for sure 
we've talked about it or we talked about it yesterday with with Austin that like Leonard Fournette has been so inefficient on the ground, but he's like a top uh, top 10. Or, what is he? Yeah, he's like a top 10 fantasy back. Uh, and <laughs> it's just because he's catching the ball. So like Rashad White could definitely do that if, he, if these roles ever absolutely flipped. Next one up here, Washington Commanders. Target share with Taylor Heineke this year. We expect Terry McLaurin, 28%. Curtis Samuel, I think at a, I love Curtis Samuel, but 18%. That sounds about right for Curtis Samuel. We don't need him to be the leading target on this team every single week like he was with the uh, uh, broken Carson Wentz. Number three, Antonio Gibson, 15.9%. I feel like Antonio Gibson, we talked about in a video this morning, actually makes for a really nice start against the uh, Philadelphia Eagles who have the 31st success rate uh, allowed in terms of on the ground this year. They're much, they're like kind of a pass funnel or a run funnel defense there. And we know Gibson can get, get, can get it done through the air as well. Well, especially with J.D. McKissick seeing a neck specialist, it didn't, you know, provide no. many result positive results for Gibson last week. But that's a big deal, you know, at McKissick being out. Um, Dotson, too, is another guy's health to, when it comes to the, yes. the receivers getting that's targets true. there because he could return this week. But, yeah, I, I like Gibson as a sneakier play this week, especially with no McKissick. And um, as you said, the matchup with with the Eagles should should provide him some opportunities in the passing game. All right, next one up here, Indianapolis Colts. I, I don't know what else to say other than Sam Ellinger, who's going to start again, ranks 31st out of 31 qualifying quarterbacks in EPA per dropback over the last two weeks when he's been starting. So, great. Jeff Saturday, 3-7, and seven, his final year coaching high school, 30-year-old named first-time play caller. Quite a situation going on there in, uh, in Indy. I mean, it's wild. I saw somebody say that, like, this guy who's calling plays looks like any dude who has a fantasy podcast. Yeah, that's checks out. Um, I mean, this guy's younger than me. He's thirty years old. He's younger than me, bro. That's not it. That's that's a little peculiar. Yeah, I wanted to like the Sam Ellinger experience, but hasn't been great so far as last Stinks. any paper drop back. I guess worth noting, Jonathan Taylor returned to practice on Wednesday. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a uh, wow. That's a di- maybe the two most incompetent staffs in football going at it this week. I mean, the uh, the the Raiders are having a lot of issues themselves too. So that's that's a <laughs> kind of a kind of an ideal matchup there with the Colts versus Raiders this week. Jeff Saturday tweeted out that like the Raiders look horrible like f- two weeks ago, you know, and now yeah. he's going to play them. I mean, just what it, un- I could, we, we need to go to the next team, but unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, we could sit here and talk about the Jeff Saturday. Like, we could have talked about it on every single podcast this week, just more and more out, like more and more you think about it, the more and more outrageous it gets. Uh, unbelievable. All right. <laughs> next one up here, Cleveland Browns, Jacoby Brissett ranks 12th in EPA per drop back on the season. Um, he has basically done like a 2020 Baker Mayfield impression for them. I mean, they're very different types of quarterbacks, but he's just been really good in this offense. And, you know, I I know that John Deshaun Watson, like he's coming back soon. And, you know, it will be really interesting to see what this offense looks like when he plays. Yes, I like Jacoby Brissett as a sleeper this week. Uh, obviously, Watson, uh, when he comes back, uh, probably stashed by now in most competitive leagues. But it's kind of a pass funnel defense in Miami. It's going to be high scoring. Um, and I think this is, if you're ever going to use Brissett, uh, there's a lot of nerd stats I don't want to get into involved. McCooper, I actually think this is the home of the, 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 the week to use him on the road, even to Donovan Peoples-Jones oh Peoples is a sleeper. I think this is the, 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 the matchup of the week that could turn in, do the shootout that you want you know to stack in dfs and i think Brissett will be the beneficiary yeah that's a good call um i i definitely think i'm gonna be looking into jacoby Brissett and some of these uh josh allen teams that i have all right next one up here you sent this in comes in from justice mosqueda the broncos rank third in team adjusted net yards per attempt 
And by the way, it's all their defense. Like this defense rocks and it's always going to have an effect, I think, on the offense that, look, the offense was never going to be good. Okay. Like it was never going to reach these heights that people had for it. But like, especially now that they have this great defense, like how often are they going to be in like pass first situations where Judy and Sutton and Greg Dulcich can all eat together? That's like never going to happen. Yeah, it's it's just it was just eye opening to see how good their defense has been when you look at it with the with the adjusted yards like that. But yeah, the offense has obviously been the problem there. Maybe they can turn it around against a a pass funnel Tennessee defense. But um, yeah, the defense has been absolutely carrying them, and it makes it more frustrating when you see Russell Wilson struggles and you hear Pete Carroll talk, and it's just man, it's 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 really really an interesting turn of events. When here I was someone calling Russell Wilson like a top ten player, you know, a couple years ago, like of all time, and boy. Boy, that has not aged well. If you had to take over as a GM, Dalton, like which team, or I guess let's think of it as like, which team do you, would you invest stock in can like dig itself out of what looks like a pretty bad hole right now? The Rams, the Broncos, or um, the Packers, right? Because I think there's some through line here with like disappointing aging veteran quarterbacks. A lot of investments made in that player and the ecosystem around them. If you could take, like, if you could buy stock in one of those teams, like, let's just say bouncing back over the next two to three years, which would it be? Maybe the pa- Packers, because they're not locked in a long contract and they have a young QB that's been sitting there learning the system. They're forever, paying them a they ton do, of money, but aren't they? On, they're paying Rodgers a Oh, you're right. Rodgers is, I forgot, there is a few more years. Yeah, you're right. Okay, it's all bad. What if the Rams weren't turned down for the Burns and a couple more first-round picks. I was like, we're going to mortgage their future even more for a team that's losing now. Yeah, there's no real right answer. I guess Denver, they, yeah, I guess if Green Bay's locked in that contract too, Denver because of their defense? I don't know. Is there a right answer? Yeah. Well, I think at least Denver, they had a good defense. Then they ship off Bradley Chubb, who I don't think was like the key to their defense. They get a first-round pick back, but like how quick, I just like which one of these teams can move on and make a, like admit that there's a, like a problem here. And I mean, the Rams, it's like, they, yeah, go trade two first round picks. Cause Sean McVay's not even going to be on like coaching this team yeah. in two years. Like he's going to be yeah. doing what Sean Payton's doing. I saw Sean Payton in the media was like, Oh, I'm like a free agent. And you know, Lamar Jackson might be a free agent. Cause he was like, which by the way, Sean, you're not a free agent. The saints still own his rights. Like he, <laughs> it's, it's just bizarre. Like, and then McVay is totally going to be doing that mm-hmm. for freaking Amazon in two years, you know, like, Kirk Herbstreit's just hold like he's just holding the fort down, okay? Like they're just like, hey, Kirk, come in here. We're gonna pay you a, a, a boatload of money, and, and and but in a couple years though, it's gonna be Sean McVay sitting here with Al Michaels while he's also like fielding job offers from fifty different teams. No doubt, I can see it coming for sure, for sure. Um, that bleeds us right into. And by the way, I don't know, I don't know what the answer is either. I think it's probably the Packers because maybe somebody trades for Aaron Rodgers. I don't know who the hell would like. I mean, I, I think I think because a lot of media members don't like him now at this point, Aaron Rodgers, like they like, who's going to trade for Aaron Rodgers? Like somebody would trade for Aaron Rodgers. Like if Frank Reich was still on the, like, Oh, Jim Irsay is trading for Aaron Rodgers. You know, you'd be doing something like that. Uh, Washington, they'd trade for, they'd trade for Aaron Rodgers, something like that. Anyways, point being, I like they, maybe they could trade Rodgers and just move on to the next era with like some good young players. on. The, I think it's probably the Packers, Man, but I don't know. Pretty rough situation all the way around. Does transition us all this Sean McVay talk into uh, the L.A. Rams here. Jared Smala from Draft Sharks had this one. Cooper Cup has been held under 79 yards in just three of 29 games over the last two seasons. All three of those have come against the Arizona Cardinals, who Cup faces in Week 10. 
Yeah, do you put any stock in that? I mean, it's it's interesting sample there. The Cardinals have shut down some opposing number ones this all year, basically. But um, just something to note if you're in DFS. I mean, Cup surprised me catching that 69-yard touchdown. Longest play allowed by Tampa Bay defense last week, playing through that that swelling in his ankle. Uh, really wasn't too productive outside of that, but still getting it done on an offense that's just brutal. If you've seen the stats, uh, there's a tweet of like Matthew Stafford throwing yes. to other, uh, people other than I'm trying Cup. To, I'm trying just, to look it up uh, yeah, yeah, right now. Either, uh, but it's laughable. Yeah, I think I think this one, Scott Barrett had it. Matthew Stafford throw, might like throwing a non Cooper Cup this year. He has just one game over two hundred yards. He has eleven hundred fifteen yards total, two touchdowns, eight interceptions on the year. The two touchdowns are to Allen Robinson. Like, and the, you know, <laughs> those, uh, that's it. Yeah. It's, cr- it's probably twenty five end zone targets it took, probably. But yeah, I, yeah, I mean, he leads the NFL in end zone targets <laughs> yeah. uh, with. <laughs> <laughs> with the oh my god just unbelievable what a what a bad season for the rams man yeah they they feel like the most precarious but i don't know we'll see and cam Akers back in the mix too i mean yeah that's yeah that's a that's a mess i, I don't know i don't know what the hell's going on there in in la and i don't know they have like mcveigh's like we have to do like the, we have to do something different like we have to change our you know it's like Okay, I don't know what you're going to... They just That offensive line is so unfunctional. I, I cannot remember an offensive line that was so, like, just absolutely killing a team. It's like, I mean, maybe Cam Akers is still good. I have no idea because he runs behind that offensive line. Maybe Allen Robinson could be a productive receiver. I have no idea because Matthew Stafford... Maybe Matthew Stafford's cooked. I have no idea because he's playing behind that offensive line. You know what I mean? Like, literally every single... I know I've said this on the podcast before, but every single Rams game, every single drive goes promising play sort of like minorly promising play immediately second like a second down huge drive killing sack and then like a wave the white flag play on third down every every single one so I don't know I don't know what's going to happen with the Rams it's so true I mean they went into last week uh Matthew Stafford had been pressured the same number of times as all of last season in 10 fewer games I mean it really maybe it sounds simplistic but that really is the answer I mean the offensive line is dramatically worsened and that's that's that that's that that it's resulted in in this they have the fewest yards per play on offense i think in the league yep i mean that's wild the super bowl champs are getting the fewest yards per play in the nfl in week 10 i mean pretty wild it's absurd all right next one up here arizona cardinals routes per drop back since week seven deandre hopkins 97 percent rondale moore 95 percent zach Ertz 94 percent those are like their three guys eno benjamin 56 percent but James Conner, 65% in his first game back last week. Robbie Anderson, 40%. You mentioned Robbie Anderson earlier. Why did they trade for Robbie Anderson? Like, my God, give me a break. Um, James Conner, though, I I think he's like basically just right back into his workhorse uh, role, which is pretty. I thought that might change with, you know, Benjamin coming off a decent game against the Saints a couple weeks ago, but it did not. It did not. Yeah, me too. I ranked him like closely last week, but now it's clearly Connor's gig again and back ranking him is uh, what's his ECR? It's 21. I have him 22. Yeah, it makes sense. You're, you're, you're rolling with Connor um, now that he's healthy again. And Rondo Moore, as long as he plays in the slot, can be a good play and, uh, you know, is like a, a flex, something like that. You brought this one to the table for the Chicago Bears. Shield Kapadia does great work for the ringer. Justin Fields yesterday, obviously. Most recent game. Highest EPA on scrambles for a quarterback in a single game over the last 10 years. Fields has 22 runs of 10 plus yards. That's the second uh, league wide among all players, not just quarterbacks, to only Lamar Jackson. Fields is 10th in the NFL and 600 with 602 rushing yards. He's on pace for 1,100 yards, over 1,100 yards, Dalton. Um, unbelievable stuff from Fields here. 
Yeah, Barron's tweeted out, I believe he has the fourth most rushing yards in the NFL of last month. That's Fields, not Andy. Um, and Chase Claypool well, made a bigger close. Ma- made a bigger impact than his box score showed. Uh, drew one pass interference, should have drawn a second. Um, and uh, I think he, he dropped a screen pass that could have gone for a, a ways too. So Sounds immediately right. he was on the field a lot. So yeah, right. The whole experience. But um, I mean, it's going to help Fields' <laughs> fantasy value moving forward. I mean, having another uh, another weapon like that. And Komet is alive again. So you love it. You love to see him running like this. Fields is a top three fantasy QB moving forward. I mean, why not? I mean, it's just crazy with the running he's doing and they're only going to get better on offense. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm impressed. Do you think, um, Cole commits like an every week start at tight end now, or he's sort of on that radar? I do. Yeah. I, 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 I treated him as such and moved him as my, uh, tight end 10 in this matchup. ECR is a little slower, shows him as a tight end 17, but yeah, it's been a couple weeks in a row scoring and this offense getting better and better. I mean, it's obviously a low volume offense. 28 passes was a season high, I believe for Justin Fields last week, but yes, in a tight end landscape, that's ugly. Komet is suddenly more than on the radar. Yes. I treat him as a top 12 option moving forward the rest of the year. Green Bay Packers, you mentioned this one earlier. Opponents have an NFL low 38.8 pass rate in Lambeau this season. The next lowest is 49%. Um, You also mentioned, obviously, Rashawn Gary out uh, for the season. That's a tough one. This should be good news for the uh, Cowboys running backs this week. I don't know if you, what do we want to talk about the Packers offense? I don't. No, exactly. I already already said that it's a tough matchup for for Dak on paper. So will Elliott return? How much will he play? Sounded really the interesting thing there is that it sounds like he's going to return, but Pollard was limited to 30 snaps, they said, uh, even without Elliott, it seemed like someone in the coaching staff actually said it. It wasn't just conjecture. So obviously he was great in the limited work. But um, but yeah, so that's that's the key here is the running the health of the running backs for Dallas, because they're going to be a big part of this game plan. Next one up here, Jacksonville Jaguars. Travis Etienne, 80% snap rate since week seven. Only Saquon and Dalvin Cook are higher. I mean, guys, just an, a, a total feature back. And, and, you know, I mean, I don't know what else there really is to say about the Jags except that. Yeah, just imagine if he starts getting targeted like everyone had hoped. Um, but yeah, he's he's the real deal. He's really, really good. And saw people pointing out his ability to cut is so unique. He has these like kind of differently shaped feet. And and I really you could notice it last week. It's pretty sick, man. He's He's an awesome running back. Yeah, he's so good. What an unbelievable player. Uh, next one up here. Talk about unbelievable player, baby. Chris Olave hasn't gone under a 26% targets per route run rate since week one. He is the center of their universe. And again, this is another guy we talked about in the uh, Toyota video we did earlier. It's a great matchup against the Steelers. They get they might get TJ Watt back. There is that, but they do allow 70 explosive plays on the season. They're one of only six teams that have allowed 70 plus explosive plays. A lot of those have obviously come through the air. Yeah, I believe they've allowed the most or among the most to receivers to Pittsburgh. Yeah, number one, most fantasy points to opposing receivers. A lot of they getting all the targets. Michael Thomas obviously not coming back. So, yep. Uh, we, yeah, wheels up for a lot of it. He's been highly impressive his rookie season. Oh man, I mean, such a good rookie class, and and Chris Olave just like he does it a little differently than Garrett Wilson, but both those guys get open at an extremely high rate, and I mean, they just look like future stars, and and I think Drake London will be there too when the Falcons get a real passing game and a real quarterback, uh, he will be up there as well. Next one up here we have for the Detroit Lions. Uh, this again comes in from our friend Edwin Poras of Fantasy Points. Amon Ross St. Brown splits in terms of yards per route run, routes per game, targets per route run. Weeks one through two, 2.6 yards per route run, 35 routes per game, 35% targets per route run. Week three, he has a high ankle sprain. Weeks five and seven, 
one yard per route run, 11 routes per game, 33% targets per route run rate. Then weeks eight and nine, back up to two yards per route run, 31 routes per game, 31% uh, targets per route run. So I know the results weren't there last week, obviously, but that Packers game was a very strange script um, overall. I feel like Amon Ross St. Brown still belongs in terms of like rest of season rankings as a back end wide receiver one and a guy that, you know, is going to have these big games uh, at some point. Yeah, the worst thing for uh, St. Brown's fantasy stats last week was Aaron Rodgers throwing three interceptions inside the Detroit two yard line. I mean, it killed the game script for passing and then also made the Lions start with bad field position. The Bears are giving up 10 yards per attempt to slot receivers this season. St. Brown is one of seven players with over 50 targets from the slot. And that's with him missing time, as you mentioned. So theoretically, this is a a good matchup, uh, although outdoors, golf, uh, in the cold, too. It's supposed to be 32 degrees. Ooh. He's not historically good there. But they're going to probably have to pass the ball because the Bears are going to put up a bunch of points. I thought this spread was going to be like 6.5. It opened at 2.5. I made the Bears my best bet. It settled in at 3. I, I mean, yeah, golf outdoors coming off this big win. Bears coming off a loss. And with their offense, I know they traded away their their some defensive players. Their defense isn't great. Um, but, um, yeah, I like, the, I like the Bears to smash in this in this match up here yeah that's a good call i do feel like it's good bounce back for amon ross st brown and you know the bears smashing would be a nice it'd be nice if uh, the bears quarterback doesn't play as bad as packers quarterback uh, last week that would be nice <laughs> las vegas raiders kind of struggled how to like say this but i think this these stats sort of help back it up raiders defense this year 15th in rushing success rate allowed 30th in passing success rate allowed raiders offense 24th in passing success rate, 10th in rushing success rate. I don't think we expected the Raiders offense to be a better run unit than a pass unit. Devontae Adams obviously pissed at the end of last game, like pretty much just calling out the play calling, you know, saying like we're not working to our strengths, but they have to be fair, been a better run team than pass team this year, but they should have obviously kept it going against the Jaguars. Yeah, I'll talk a little Josh Jacobs. Not the easiest matchup against the Colts, although they're in big-time turmoil. So, like, I think game script's going to be really favorable for him. He's averaged 137 yards from scrimmage and scored five of his six touchdowns at home this year, and that's despite playing two fewer games. Last week, he didn't play any third downs, lost that role to Amir Abdullah. But this week, like I said, with the, he still had three catches, too. And this week, it, the game script's going to help. So I think with the Colts failing, the Raiders coming off their third blown 17 nothing lead of the season i feel like they're gonna bounce back at home he said adams is getting them fired up um so yeah i kind of like the setup here for jacobs but boy these are two coaching staffs in trouble yeah god we'll see how this one goes uh next one up here pittsburgh steelers another justice mosquito a lot of justice mosquito pop on the show today rookie season adjusted net yards per attempt I mean, these are goofballs here. Deshaun Kaiser, 3.69. Josh Rosen, 3.53. Kenny Pickett, 3.19. Yikes. Justice uh, asked, are we looking at another one and done here for Kenny Pickett? I've been really hard on the Steelers offense, man, and this just kind of shows it. Yeah, it's rough. Um, obviously, uh, small sample or whatever, but it's it's, it's it's an ugly start. A couple things to here with with Pittsburgh. Najee Harris, Jalen Warren situation in the backfield yeah. or speculation. Um, the Chase Claypool trade really, Firemuth should really benefit over the middle of the field. He happens to be playing a New Orleans team that's been by far the toughest against tight ends, but Firemuth absolutely should see a boost in fantasy value, as should George Pickens. But can they get 
you know, C, C minus quarterback play. That's that's the key. Yeah. And as I've said, this is a high school offense. It's not a real offense. Uh, so there is that. Um, I'm trying to find this right now. Uh, the quote. Yeah, this uh, came in from Chris Adimsky. Uh, he's a Steelers beat writer. Um, asked about how the passing game changes without Chase Claypool. Mike Tomlin says, I don't know if it does, which ringing endorsement of Chase Claypool. <laughs> um, says Pat Fryermuth's skill set in effect is redundant to what Claypool was doing. He will be the target in the middle of the field. There is five, like a, just a ton of responses to this tweet, which was like middle of the field. Ha ha. Like we don't use, we don't use that area anyway. So uh, I, I get the Pat Fryermuth part of it, but you know, they have really not used the middle of the field this year. It's been like with Big Ben, it was all short and over the middle stuff. Um, this year, it's been like all short and to the boundaries, which is even worse. And why all these like yards per target and yards per like it just looks terrible. So, I, you know, Kenny Pickett's obviously not been good. And this offense is a high school offense, as I've said before. So tough scene there for, for the Steelers. Next one here we got. Well, we got the Panthers, but we're going to talk about them in just a second. Last one here before we do Thursday Night Football. Houston Texans. Um, you brought this one to the table. The last three lead backs versus the Texans, Josh Jacobs, 20 carries, 143 yards, three touchdowns, Derrick Henry, 32 carries, 219 yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> Miles Sanders, 17 carries, 93 yards and a touchdown. And next up of course is Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Barkley set up, like I asked you earlier, him or McCaffrey for the number one back this week, you went CMC either way. Can't go wrong. And CMC's not on the DFS slate too. So I would imagine Barkley's going to be pretty popular coming off a buy in that matchup too. The game script should be pretty, pretty favorable. Houston looks just like, you know, one of the, the, the tanking teams here and, and Brandon cooks, you know, may or may not play here, but game script should be favorable for Barkley who hopefully can emerge from this buy with a healthier shoulder. Yeah, uh, for sure. That would, that would be great. Um, I do think just smash spot for sure uh, for Saquon Barkley. Um, you mentioned Brandon Cooks riding a stationary bike uh, on the team's practice field today. Nico Collins got back to practice. Yeah, I'd love to see Nico Collins get back and rolling here, man. Um, I think there's a chance Nico Collins is the best receiver in fantasy for this team the rest of the way, just based on the vibes and things right now. But we do need Nico to get healthy. All right. Oh, before we move to Thursday Night Football, I just... Literally saw this come across uh, the, my, the news line. Matthew Stafford's in the concussion protocol. So all that talk, we just talked. Sean McVay announced that today. So um, don't know when that happened, but we might not get Stafford in this game. Or, well, next time we see the Rams. Uh, yeah, in this game against the Cardinals. Might not see Stafford. I wonder what this offense looks like with John Wolford, pal. You think it looks any better? I don't think it looks better. No, but uh, yeah, no, man. Yeah, that's you know, no. Well, I Cooper Cup's like under 79 yard streaks or whatever. Uh, yeah, under 70 yards or whatever. It'll, it'll hold up. Was he the guy that McVay wanted to start over Goff yes. in the playoff game, basically? Okay. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, I never know then. Yeah, he, he preferred him over Goff. That, that's pretty funny. Um, I do remember. An, okay, I do remember like Stafford. all of the training camp highlights for Allen Robinson. Like these, the catches they were popping off or whatever. It was like those are all like John Wolford plays. Like because they had you let's know, like, go. It's a Rob season. It's we were just a little bit delayed. We we're just a little delayed. It's all right. Let's go. Oh my God! I mean, I'll grasp for literally any straw <laughs> on that one. So I'll, yeah, we'll see what happens. It was Matthew Stafford holding uh, Allen Robinson back yeah. at all yeah. these all these times. Um, yeah. Anyway, like his whole career, the quarterback. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just every quarterback <laughs> who plays with Allen Robinson turns to dust. <laughs> you know, as soon as as soon as they got Allen Robinson out of there, Justin Fields erupts in his second season. So I don't Dude, know. Maybe, yeah, so true. That's funny. Yeah. That's hilarious. Uh, all right. 
Thursday night football. We've we've spent a lot of time talking about other stuff because this Thursday night football game looks uh, rather messy. Um, over under a 43 for Falcons at Panthers. Also, by the way, the Panthers game on Thursday night, the weather update on and off rain with winds of 20 to 30 miles per hour. So uh, great rough game on the slate and, and we might have bad weather too. two stats. Uh, let's well, I'll talk Falcon stat first. Cause I think the most interesting guy to talk about is Cordero Patterson here. Second lowest snapshot of the season last year, 38%. Uh, the lowest was the game he got hurt in. So he was indeed limited for all the people. So upset about that. He was limited. He just scored two touchdowns, but this looks like a moment where CPAC could really just erupt yet again in this game. Yeah. He looked good. He'll another nice matchup here. Um, yeah. Patterson, He's the man whenever he's healthy. He looks really, really good. And he should and this is a team that runs the ball as much as any in football. So he's uh he's gonna get as much as he can handle. I still expect Algier to be involved uh as well. But yeah, Patterson, you're starting on your fantasy squads. For sure. Uh, our Panthers stat here. PJ Walker has started or thrown 14 plus passes in eight games uh in his NFL career, his time with the Panthers. Adjusted yards per attempt in those games. 5.5, negative 2.86. Those were in both in 2020. In 2021, 2.36, 4.2, and then his four games this year where he started or thrown 14-plus passes, 3.75, 9.86, 8.1, and then last week against the damn Bengals, minus 8.1. So it kind of looks like at this point those two solid games for P.J. Walker were the outliers. And like the puke on your shoes moment is a little bit more um, there. It's not quite the norm, but it is in the range of outcomes because we've seen it before. I'm, I was actually surprised they didn't go back to Mayfield after him replacing him last week. But yeah, whatever. Carolina's, you know, they're they're playing for draft picks at this point. So I don't know. What do you make of Walker? I see that DJ Moore is a second highest first down target rate over the last month. And I see Terrace Marshall is actually, you know, emerge and become a viable fantasy option uh, in deeper leagues. So he's at least providing some value there to the receivers. Yeah, um, I think Moore is a fine start. Like the Falcons cornerbacks are so bad too, mm-hmm. you know. Um, AJ Terrell ruled out, like their replace their backup guys are not good. So I think I think you could play DJ Moore with obviously some relative level of confidence. And Terrace Marshall definitely the fact that they've got him playing on the perimeter and not doing the slot stuff he was as a rookie is good for him. Like he needs to be a vertical win contested X receiver. And he's been a pure outside guy pretty much for them since he got reinserted into the lineup after the Robbie Anderson trade. So good news for Terrace Marshall. Like I'm kind of buying, I'm not, I don't know how good I think Terrace Marshall can be in the pros, but like from a reception perception standpoint, he had a pretty promising, like, you know, good second round bet type of prospect profile. Terrible, terrible. I mean, one of the worst ever rookie year profiles in RP history, but that college profile is still pretty good. And I do think he was kind of playing out of position at the NFL level. So um, I don't know how, like, I don't know how confident I feel starting him, even though the matchup is good. Like, but if you're desperate, I think he makes an okay play because the matchup is good. And one thing that should help is the Falcons are dead last in pressure rate, but this could be ugly for all passing game involved. If the weather, you know, takes a turn there. So Hubbard's health will be important to to pay attention to, but Foreman, you're probably starting again. I mean, or practice two days in a row. So that that makes it tough. I think Foreman's the better real life player, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that definitely makes it tough. But um, yeah, the weather. So pay attention to weather and Foreman's look good. I think he'll bounce back. I'd use him either way, even if Hubbard returns, but definitely not ideal. And we don't need to talk, unfortunately, about Drake London or Kyle Pitts because is what it is, man. Is what yeah, it is. It's you know, it's just more of the same, totally. 
That offense is going to be so good if they ever get a young, promising quarterback in there or just like a good veteran quarterback, something like that. But like Marcus Mariota is so inaccurate. He can't, he's not really a starting level guy. And that's the big problem. And we, you saw that a lot uh, with Kyle Pitts last week. So um, we'll see in the future for them. But this should be a weird, uh, definitely get the prop bets uh, in uh, for this Thursday night football game. Make it watchable for yourself in some way because it could get weird. It could get uh, very, very strange. Um, Dalton, anything else, man, before we get out of here? That's all, man. Look at me. Look for me on Sunday Night Football in the Niner game. And uh, man, our guy Brady, dude, dude, the curse is real, man. He just took a hit in this. I don't know how much you're into cryptocurrency, but not your keys, not your coins, Brady. Caught up in this FTX mess. Uh, Well, he and he and Giselle lost a bit, a bit, a bit of money there in this issue. So, man, it's been a a rough year. Just got worse for our guy Brady. Don't piss off your witch wife, man. I mean, that's just the way it goes. Yeah, yeah, the curse, the curse. Bree, Bree was ahead of the curve here, to say the least. It just keeps coming. It's all, it's, it's all I'm saying. But uh, good times talking football with you as always, Harmon. Let me tell you what. um, I'm not gonna. I will not be following in Tom Brady's footsteps. Let me just tell you that in terms of uh, irritating a a woman that might have the. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I was planning on it, but uh, yeah. You see the consequences, so right, yeah. Yeah. We we need this pod to stay, stay, you know, stay work functionable. So you be, yeah, Yeah, right. I mean, (laughs) imagine what would happen in that scenario to my truck and my big green egg. I mean, could you imagine? Uh, My God, don't don't even get me started on the dogs. All right, that's gonna do it for us. You can follow Dalton on Twitter at Dalton Del Don. If you don't already, you can follow me on Twitter at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And while you're there, for God's sakes, please follow at Yahoo Fantasy. You won't regret it. That's my promise to you. If you like the show. And how could you not like the show? We just gave you 32 stats for all of these teams. I mean, come on, give me a break. If you like the show, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and review on whichever podcast platform you're listening on. And since the show is free, that is indeed the best way to support us. Charles McDonald will be on the podcast tomorrow with me and Andy Barons to preview the Week 10 games. Until then, we're out.